What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Bird, the content marketing strategist here. In this episode, we're going to talk about the digital nomad wave. We've seen a lot of people want to travel the world and with remote work, with more careers, giving you that choice to work from anywhere, we have seen this big boom in digital nomads. So we will talk about how do you become a digital nomad? What are some of the things to know? And what can we look at for trends to see, does this continue, and how do we capitalize on it? Our guest who joins us in this episode today, she is the president and founder of Elkerty Global, a full-service boutique PR firm. The firm helps many clients, ranging from nonprofits and Fortune 500 companies looking to increase their visibility. The TEDx speaker, she began her career at Capitol Hill working for Hillary Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. She now joins us to talk about the trend in digital nomads. She is none other than Mary Elizabeth Elcourty. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, well, what an announcement and entrance. I feel so flattered. Thank you for having me on. I feel like you should be my announcer and everything. <laughs> Mary, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And we have seen this big movement towards remote work. One of the things about the pandemic, it, well, there are a lot of ways to describe it, but one of the big things, it accelerated trends that were already taking place. We saw this big shift to remote work as we got the internet as we got more people doing digital side hustles, but now more people want remote work. They got a taste of it and digital nomads, that trend has boomed. What are some things we should know if we are thinking about being a digital nomad and going from staying in one place to traveling the world? What are some things we should know going into that plan? Sure. Well, of course, keeping, you know, just so people get a good idea of what a digital nomad uh, is, it's people who are using technology to work remotely from anywhere in the world. Um, so during this past first year in the pandemic, we saw a 49% increase, which in anything, 49% increase is pretty steep. Um, so when you're thinking about, you know, becoming a digital nomad, I think it's just first assessing where are you at work-wise. Is your job a job that you expect to continue to be remote? Is it a job that you know you think might go hybrid? And if it's hybrid, how flexible is the hybrid aspect of it? And then just also determining, you know, how do you want to use the digital nomad aspect of like being able to work from anywhere? Because um, I definitely um, take advantage of it. And so, for instance, I've gone to Egypt like three or four times during the pandemic. Um, you know, I'm about to go to Poland. Um, as well as going to Sweden later this year, right? And so um, I think it's just also planning around it, right? Because when you're going overseas and you know, being a digital nomad doesn't necessarily mean you have to go overseas, right? Like I go back and forth to New York all the time. I go to other states as well. So there, you know, if you don't feel comfortable traveling overseas, it's not a requirement for you to be able to feel like you're a nomad in the digital space. Um, but when you do go to different areas, it while it is nice to do it and you get to see all these different places and have different work settings, it's also a very big shift for someone as an individual in terms of learning how to work different types of hours, right? So for instance, in Egypt, my workday starts at 3 p.m. over there and I work till like midnight, right? And so if you're used to working, 
from nine to five, it kind of like has a very stark effect on how you run your day. Um, and so sometimes in Egypt, I'll be up to like nine o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning because your body is not adjusted to that time. So one of the, the tips that I've had from one of my previous bosses is that if you do wear a watch, you know, just keep it to US time because it really helps you, you know, try to keep to your normal sleep flow if you don't plan on being um, overseas or in that different time zone for more than a couple weeks. I love the way we're starting this because you hear about Egypt and Poland and you're like, I want to see all these different landmarks, but there is a bit of a challenge because you still have to work. You still have to, I mean, you could travel the world and see so many great things, but if you stop showing up to your employer or your clients are like, Hey, where are you? That's going to be a problem. So I yeah. love how Mary mentioned that she has to adjust to the time zones because if you're now you don't have to go overseas you can just stay in the local area but if you are going overseas you do have to adjust to the time zone that is something very important to consider i know mary you started your boutique pr firm during the pandemic and i feel like a lot of people maybe they started the side hustle during the pandemic or they even started a business can you talk about what inspired you to start your business during the pandemic and just uh, some of the lessons you've learned? Sure. So I actually started freelancing a couple years before the pandemic started. Um, I had some friends who were like, oh, and my mom, while she was still uh, here, um, you know, was like, you're going to own your, PR, your own PR firm someday. And I said, you're crazy. I'm only like 27 or 28 right? Like, I'm not even like senior leadership yet. Like when you grow up, you, you're told you have to do these certain steps before you can hit certain milestones um, in your career. And so I found that oftentimes in a lot of workplaces, my background previous to working at that, that firm was heavy on politics, right? I worked on Capitol Hill, as you mentioned, I, I worked in talk radio for a while. Um, I did some TV work and then I did a digital podcast that focused on political commentary with, a, with one of the mo more well-known comedians. Um, and so when you get put into a position at a job, sometimes they only give you what you've previously done, but don't open the door to new things. And so I'm someone that is constantly looking to grow. And so I started doing a side hustle of, you know, doing a lot of fintech clients, a lot of thought leaders and trying to expand my portfolio. And also when you're like in your twenties, having an extra thousand or two a month is pretty cool. You know, it helps make things a lot easier um, as well. But as a pandemic was coming, I uh, was about to start, I was at a place where I had this really mixed feelings, you know, cause I started having like eight to 10 clients by myself on top of my day job. I wasn't really sleeping that much. And I was just like, maybe I should consider going out on my own. And it's scary, right? Because especially when you start your business off of Upwork, you know, clients are not as, at least when I started, are not really thinking about retainers or being with you for three months, you know, the clients come and go. Uh, but if you see a trend of people staying, you have to start thinking like, hmm, maybe this is something I can do. But, you know, a lot of people are concerned about losing healthcare and benefits. So when the pandemic hit, I got laid off and I cried for a little bit like that day for a couple hours or whatever. And I said, wait, I'm really fortunate. I have all these clients. Um, maybe I can do something with this. And so um, later that March, early April, I started my business. 
And it's just started, you know, with a team of like four or five people. And now we're a team of 25. We have uh, anywhere between 38 to 50 clients at any given time. Um, we our bread and butter is media relations. So helping get people on TV, radio, print podcasts. And then we started doing digital marketing as well um, with people doing their marketing strategies and social media and all that good stuff. And I'm an epic nerd on the side. <laughs> So last year I started, you know, it all started because I didn't, I'm just going to keep it really real. I didn't um, want to be the person that just like texted guys all the time. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to start learning languages after work because focus my efforts and things that help me benefit and grow instead of just wasting time on people who I shouldn't waste time on. And so I started doing that and like, well, what if I do things that are more beneficial for my business? So I started taking certificate classes at the London School of Economics and crypto and then Harvard and like core business because I want to start preparing for the idea of going back to the back to school again. Um, people are like, why? You already have a business. People want what you already have. But I think you look at any business leader that has become really successful and I'm not saying I need to be them, but they're always learning, right? It's not just what you do at work. It's like also pausing. And that's what I did with my first degree, uh, my grad degree was going to school at night to like learn what I could practice the next day. Um, and then you get become a better leader and you become more efficient in what you do. And so uh, I now go to business school at night as well um, because I don't do enough. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a little bit of, you know, the business journey, but also I think any person who's becoming an entrepreneur, it can be really overwhelming. Like, People think, oh, it's cool you run this company, but like with that, from going from an individual contributor to someone who's solely responsible for the livelihoods of like 25 people on top of being the main point of contact for clients for all good and bad moments, right, is a very gigantic shift for anybody. And so I think, you know, when people are looking at that shift, it's not just about you know, shifting, learning how to delegate, but it's also how do you vision ahead? How do you strategize? How do you handle conflict? You know, and then how can I continue to understand how to run a business, especially if you've never managed teams like myself, it's a huge learning curve um, that you have to uh, undertake. So, you know, while I go to school on the side, I also teach during uh, at my job i do two classes a week with our team for who whoever wants to join because i'm a big believer in helping people get to where they want to go through education because there's only so much you can learn and you don't want to practice learning things on the fly you want to like have time to learn things and um take a chance on it so i know i went in a whole bunch of different directions but hey <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great insights here. I think one of the big things here is entrepreneurs are constant learners. There is a lot of stress affiliated with it. And I think it's important to talk about the stress as Mary did and uh, the less glamorous part, because when you're first getting into, especially if you're looking at something like online marketing, you see the person making millions of dollars in the fancy car. And that's just not reality. Like for that person, sure. But it takes a lot of work to hit the income that you want. I mean, it's like any job it takes a lot of work to maintain and grow and i don't think that always gets accurately reflected when it comes to entrepreneurship when it comes to digital nomads one of the things i do want to get into is people like the whole digital nomad experience because they do get to see the world we did talk about that a little bit earlier and i love how you mentioned the time zones 
how do you balance wanting to go super touristy with still growing your business? So anyone that becomes a business owner, you very quickly realize that the concept of taking time off is not really a thing, right? And so while our staff gets loads of benefits and you know we we give them like Christmas week off and July 4th week off and then they have their independent time off, right? I personally, as the owner, while I would love to take time off, I don't really get to, right? Because my name's on the door, clients know if they, something's happened, they're gonna reach out to me, right? And so while I'd like to be off, when you're in startup mode, you're building something and with the hopes that you know a few years in, yeah, you have enough senior leadership people who've done it long enough that they can, you know, you can go away for a week, right? And so part of that trade-off in my head was just like, okay, so I can't really take time off like that. I mean, obviously if it's a day, like, you know, when my mom passed away, when the first year that the business started, like, yeah, I took a couple of days off, but I don't really consider that like vacation, like, you know, um, it's a little different. And so I started traveling also because it allowed, while I was still working, it allowed me to disconnect a little bit, right? Because I'm not as available. Like, yeah, I'm available, but like my, my the, the times I make for new business calls is much shorter, right? The times I make for like client calls are a very set time frame. I'm not available 24 seven for calls. To my internal team, I am. And so when I say that, it's just like, you know, understanding that when you're going away, like, are you working like 100, at 100% level? Or are you working at like, 85 mm. right so like there's some days that i'm working 120 percent levels while i'm there but like let's say i'm seeing some family you know for lunch that day i might you know start my day at work an hour later so it's just really analyzing your schedule communicating that with your team right um and also if you're wanting to go see tourist spots you just you, you do it during the daytime you schedule around it right so you know that like your days are going to be full of doing things you would you want to do and then at night you're doing work and then if you know, you know, for instance, Egypt, their, their weekends are like Thursday, Friday, right? So, you know, you might leave, you might end work an hour early on Friday, but you work more on Thursday. So it's just balancing it out so that you're able to enjoy being in the place. Or one of the things I also do is um, there are certain places like I like to bring my work to too. Um, so like, you know, I might go to a restaurant and do work from there and like have a great view. Like I did last time I went to a restaurant where I saw the pyramids and I did my business nice. calls from there and I was having lunch. Right. Or, you know, you, you set up shop somewhere else in the city so that, you know, you can use your lunch or your dinner, depending on your time zone to go do the touristy thing. Right. So you just like, I'm a big planner. Um, I don't plan like super far off for things, but for the day, if I like, I know I want to go to this museum or if I want to go uh, on the Nile or if I want to, you know, see my friend perform at a jazz club or a, a lot of my friends in that area of the world do a lot of DJ producing and stuff like that, or I want to, you know, go see them for, you know, after work, like I'll get myself in the same area and then like, like work at a coffee shop or a hotel um, lounge. And then go do my thing so i'm not like wasting time when work is over and i miss out on things if that makes sense i mean i like that strategy a lot where you go to a restaurant or some other site and that's where you do your work like nobody becomes a digital nomad because they want to be in the fancy hotel you want to no, get no, no, no. you want to see the sites and if you could do that while working you look up and you see the pyramids instead of looking up and seeing your hotel wall it's a very different atmosphere. Now, a great thing about the business is that you are able to 
take time off, that you have some flexibility. Like, um, I mean, when it comes to any type of loss, you want to be able to have that time to grieve. You want to be able to distance yourself from work for a little bit. And businesses, they give you that flexibility. A lot of employers will give you that flexibility as well. Uh, but it isn't like for a business, you do have that flexibility. Now, when it comes to digital nomads, like we've talked about a few different trips and uh, some people, when they're thinking about it, they think airline tickets, they think lodging, they think food. How do we save a little bit of money? Like what are some of the money hacks that you've used that have helped you out a little bit with the expenses? Sure. So, so part of that is also realizing that when you're running a remote work company, there are certain expenses that you don't have. Like I don't have office rent, mm. right? I don't, I don't have this type of, or like reimbursing for travel that, you know, some companies do for their employees because they're not going anywhere. They're just home. Um, and so that's just one aspect. Like one thing like I'm, I'm thinking about doing is where, you know, if I decide to go somewhere, just letting my team know like, Hey, I'm going to this area. If you want to come like the, you know, the, the lodging is on me, right? Like we'll just get a house. Right. And we can all work together in different places and we can all experience this digital nomad life together. Um, you know, so that is something because we, we uh, you know, we were supposed to, we were supposed to do a yearly trip, but because of the rates in Florida right now, um, we're moving it to September. But, you know, so that's one way. And then just personally for me, um, I love Google Flights. Google Flights is my mecca of finding great deals um, because you can. Um, look at what the costs on certain days to travel and come back. And then you can tinker around with like one way versus two way. And then of course, if you have clients in existing cities and you know, it makes sense for you to have a, a work meeting with them or a work trip, um, you know, it just gives you a reason to go there, you know, while working right with a, a reasonable work expense or whatever. Um, but normally for me, it's just really, you know, planning ahead. You don't need to plan like months out. Sometimes I'm just planning six weeks out or four weeks out. And then the same thing with hotels. Um, it's also like I, uh, I do a lot of research ahead of time and see what are the best deals. And then also, uh, while I know some people don't believe in credit cards, certain cards have miles. And so sometimes when I um, choose hotels I stay at, I use the card, like I use American Advantage personally. And so they have a, a hotel booking site. And so I know if I stay at certain hotels, I get like 2000 miles, 10,000 miles a night or whatever. And so I kind of base what hotels I stay at based on how many miles I get, because you know, you rack up enough miles, flights become free, and then it becomes much more affordable to go. And I think also it's building your international network. So like, if you, if you know, like you, you know, when I go overseas, I tend to make friends because you go out, you meet people. And so sometimes they'll let you stay with them or something like that. Um, you know, once you build that relationship over time and so that also reduces costs as well. I mean, with and then the one other thing is like in my personal life, I don't really, I don't, because it's COVID people aren't going out as much. So instead of spending money going out or whatever people like to do, I just save that money so I can go away. Right. Because for me, it's, you know, a lot of people don't like, I tend to have like an impulsive nature about like going away. Like, you know, sometimes I'm just like, I need to get away for a couple of days, even if I'm working somewhere else, because especially when you're an entrepreneur, 
there are, there are some weeks or some periods of months that it can become very stressful. And if you don't take time, even if it's just removing yourself to a different location or something like that, because right now I find that a lot of people's stress is in a place that used to bring them peace, right? So like my home used to be the place of, you know, just hanging out with my dogs, making food, maybe doing a little homework or school or whatever, but like it wasn't the source of all my stressors right? Where work comes with me home, school comes home, family issues, if I had any, are usually talked about while I'm home, right? And so it's no longer that place of peace. So sometimes it's really, you know, the benefit of digital nomad is you can be able to like remove yourself from it for a little bit, even if you're still working and just like have a different place to breathe, if that makes sense as well. I mean, the whole thing about digital nomads, you get to go on more vacations, like vacations in general, you feel refreshed. It's a new environment. You get to leave all the worries behind for a little bit. And then when you come back, you feel more ready to tackle that, all the different things that are in your way. Uh, with digital nomads, there are the various prices, which is why we talked about that. The great thing about business and digital nomads in general, when you have control over your schedule, you don't have to get the airplane tickets when everybody else gets them. Like you don't have to fly out on a weekend. You could go out on a weekday, which usually results in lower prices. So being able to look around and understand that you have the flexibility, as Mary has been emphasizing, like you have that flexibility to go out on a different day. If you are a remote worker who has more control over your schedule, you just have to make sure you get your work done. Digital nomads, you have this idea of, I'm going to travel the world, see so many great things. Uh, when you get into it, at least based on what I've heard from other people, you come across some of the challenges and then you learn to love it after uh, going over some of those speed bumps. What were some of the things that you did not expect when you first became a digital nomad? In terms of challenges? Uh, challenges, experiences, anything like that. Like, What were some of the surprises? Um, I just think the the primary challenge is just how at first how hard it is um, to keep up with calls. You know, I think that is the real hard part because some places have really good Wi-Fi, other places don't. You know, connectivity is one thing. Also, the cultures that you're in in terms of being able to move around as easily. Um, so, for instance, some places I go to, like traffic is no joke. It can take you two hours to get to the city, even though you're ten minutes away, right? So you have to really plan ahead um, in terms of like understanding the culture that you're getting into, um, because if you don't, you could end up being in a, in an area where, you know, the reception's not good. You don't have, you know, you're, you don't, you're not near an outlet. So if your phone dies, you can't, you know, reach your team. Um, so I think that, and then also, as you said, balancing the touristy and fun aspects with work, because, you know, normally people do things at night. And so if you're now shifting your priorities to mostly day things during the week and also realizing that, you know, when you have a weekend, it's not the same weekend as people in some cultures that you're in, right? So it's really understanding the culture or the lifestyle. Now, obviously, if you're in somewhere in the States, it's less of a hurdle because everyone's working in the same hours, right? Unless you're on the West Coast. And then you just have to shift to that. So I think it's just really understanding the setting that you're in and balancing your work priorities with the personal priorities of being in a new city and like wanting to experience it. Because it's kind of like when you hear a lot of these corporate people who travel all the time, but, ne but never have time to like go out in the city besides have dinner, 
right? Like that's something like you hear these people who have racked up all these miles and gone to all these places, but have they gone to any museums? Probably not, most of them. Have they gone to nightlife? Probably not because they just haven't had time. And so you have to build that in, um, even if it means you, as I said, you go have, do your lunch, uh, do your work somewhere. So you're near the area that you want to experience. I mean, you definitely don't want to, like, if you're in a great city, you want to experience it. And if you're there, even if you're there for a day, you're not going to see everything, but at least see something. Know that you were in that city rather than just you were in your hotel all day or you only went out for lunch. I mean, there are ways to get out, as Mary mentioned. You can get out and do your work at different spots in areas. So you combine the touristy element, which is like a lot of people want those experiences, with still getting work done. Mary is relatively like she just started her business during the pandemic and is already grown quite nice. I mean, the fact that you've already got Fortune 500 companies as clients is very impressive. So if you guys want more visibility, make sure you check out Mary's company. Mary, I'm going to invite you right now to just share some of the links and places where we can find you, follow your work and see if we want to get more visibility. Sure. So our website is elcordyglobal.com. So E-L-K. O-R-D-Y, uh, global.com. Um, if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram at Mariel Cordy, as well as uh, LinkedIn. And then our, our social um, handles for El Cordy Global is just El Cordy Global. So kept it simple. Well, Breakthrough Success listeners, we will have those links in the show notes. If you want visibility in PR, make sure you go to Mary. Mary, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you.